episode two of 2021. Consistency, baby. <laughs> We're doing it. Okay. Yes, exactly. And uh, yeah, so what's today's topic, Gloria? So today we're going to talk about skin barrier function. Yeah, uh, remember last episode we said antioxidants and anti-pollution. We lied! (laughs) (laughs) But we did not lie about consistency, so here, yeah, you know what? Good enough. Yep, yep, good enough. We figured with um, COVID still Mm. raging on, people staying inside, pollution (laughs) probably isn't as big of a problem on everyone's mind right now. Depressingly true. Yeah, so we'll save it for mm. when the world gets back to normal and then we're back on the pollution train. Yep. Uh, but first, before we kick off today's episode, what are we drinking today, Gloria? Ooh, ooh, ooh. So I found this brand called Brooks Dry Cider at Trader Joe's. I'm not gonna lie, I 100% bought it because their thing is a bear riding a bike. <laughs> Approved. Today's theme's all about bears, bears. and your barrier function. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that should have been my fun animal fact, but it's so not about bears. Yeah, and um, to celebrate our bear theme, I'm also wearing my bear crew neck sweater. My my uh, bear shirt is in the washer, but yeah. I am it says with you in spirit. Barely functional. Too accurate. Yeah, <laughs> really too accurate. All right. So with that out of the way, um, we'll start off with some brand updates. Yeah. So for those of you who missed our announcements, we wrote a book during COVID. Woo-hoo! It's our COVID baby. COVID baby. Uh, the only our- COVID baby. Oh, thank <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> Your ovaries quiver a little bit. <laughs> Just shuddered. <laughs> but yes, uh, search for Skincare Decoded on Amazon. Yeah. You can pre order now. It's due to be out March 23rd. Which is actually really soon. Yeah, I so can't it. yeah, look for um, our Instagram. We'll be sharing content preview. Mm-hmm. Um, we're supposed to get a physical copy soon, so we'll definitely be sharing more about that in yep. the coming months. So. Yep, that's the book. Um, the next update we have, it's not really an update, we've been doing it for mm-hmm. some time, but in case you miss it, we have this special product on our website called Chemist Recommended. Yeah, and um, we're really happy about this um, just because it's the idea behind Chemist Recommended is you get to purchase a mystery product mm-hmm. and you basically get sent a quiz where you tell us about your skincare uh, routine your history, what your skin type is like. You basically just send us your skincare diary. Yes. And um, we, really, the two of us, we sit there, we go through these quizzes, and we see if there's actually a product in our chemist confessions portfolio that we can recommend. And um, even better is we actually get to even kind of pick apart your routine, see if there's anything more we can suggest, um, whether it's a better sunscreen fit or you know, a vitamin C product you might be struggling with. Um, Just give you some tips and tricks as well. And we really enjoy it because we get to learn about other people's routines and the way they're troubleshooting and um, really see if we can, our products can actually be an actual solution for you guys. Mm -hmm. And it's really gratifying for us. Yeah. I actually learned so much. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say we, uh, we know we see a lot of products that we wouldn't otherwise notice mm-hmm. and sometimes we see a brand that we don't know about before yeah. and it's kind of cool and other times it's just um we get asked a lot of questions on instagram mm-hmm. and i think this way it also help us kind of uh, finesse the process of how to just hone in on the uh, the problem with someone's routine and exactly. give better suggestions all around I have to say it's probably not the most uh, efficient process. Nope. It, uh, yeah. Yeah, because we we literally have to sit there and comb through you know these routines and but I just at this point I don't really know any other way. There's all sorts of like. I, there's all sorts of apps and yeah. quizzes and and you know websites that you can go to, but um, without actually like really combing through the formulas, understanding your skin type, and and people are layering different types exactly. of products from different brands together. So um, yeah, that's why it's a limited edition product. Yeah. Every month we try to cap it at like thirty or forty, depending on how busy we are. Yeah. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so look forward to that again soon. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. So the meat. Oh, are we at the meat already? Oh, the news. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Jaria wants to skip over the news, but we have the news first. Yeah. So uh, latest updates. Yeah. So last episode we mentioned that 2021's trend, according to Allure, I think, mm-hmm. is all about celebrity brands, or that's oh, one baby. of the trends. Oh baby. So speaking of celebrity lines, I think J Lo recently launched her products. Yo, if she does a butt sheet mask, I think I that would be it. the best, <laughs> like, wonderful thing that I would totally buy. Yeah. If she does a butt workout to go yes. with a butt mask, I yes. will subscribe. <laughs> yes, she's awesome. Anyways, all right, so she just launched her products. Yeah, so it's a pretty, it's a ling line of some moisturizers, yeah. serums, and it seems like the crown jewel is this mask that cost $18 up. $18 a sheet mask that's sheet mask god damn yeah (laughs) so what's in this sheet mask so I actually copy and pasted the ingredient list so we'll do a quick decode.il alright in the sheet mask you have water I just realized reading off ingredient list on the podcast is really boring but uh, I'm gonna do my best in the third ingredient you have galactomyces Mm. ferment filtrate this is actually the star ingredient that used to be proprietary to the SK2 product k2 <laughs> sorry oh, hold up hold up <laughs> sk2 <laughs> we have what's interesting is it has squalling as a fourth ingredient yeah. what i mean by interesting is that most sheet masks are exclusively water-based mm. um formulas squalling mm. is more oil-based so that's kind of unique to this mask uh, it also has other good ingredients like um, niacinamide, of which course. is a superstar ingredient, mm-hmm. alpha glucan, uh, oligosaccharides, which mm-hmm. sounds like a mouthful, but really it's just a hydrating ingredient. Wow, lots of oils. Yeah, and she did not miss out on um, cannabis sativa seed oil, mm-hmm. which is a great lightweight oil that does not contain any CBD. sort of CBD content. Hemp. 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 It's hemp. Hemp. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> And that's the top chunk of it, and yeah. that will make up the bulk of this formula. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of this formula, Victoria? Is it worth eighteen dollars a sheet mask? I will not be paying for this <laughs> sheet mask. But if J Lo wants to send it to us for free, including a hug, I'll take it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I okay. If you really want to get some galactomyces, I'm pretty sure you can look at Cosrx. They've got a uh, kind of a dupe of sk2 um to be fair um if you're asking but is it the same exact ingredient it's probably not sk2 probably has done their own sourcing their their own own sourcing their own research their own synthesizing to give it some special benefits um but uh at the end of the day um before even shelling out that kind of money you can definitely check out cosrx first just to even make sure your skin likes it yeah um, and we always say that sheet mask is the point of a sheet mask is to super soak your face in moisture yeah. it's a pampering thing for sure uh we wouldn't look to sheet mask to address like serious correction type mm-hmm. of benefits such as um acne fine mm-hmm. lines pigmentation mm-hmm. so then like what what is really costing $18 a pamper sesh? I don't really know. I mean, to be fair, SkinCeuticals has their biocellulose. I, I do love that mess. It's $20 <laughs> for water. Yeah. And yeah, pure water, but it's the material. Yeah. Um, haven't checked this one out, so can't speak to the material, but... Um, yeah, I don't really know. I, I don't think it would be my first impulse buy, that's for sure. Right. On the other hand, if it's the best pampering sash you ever had, $18, like, meh. I also noticed it's got, like, tin oxide, mica. Um, so those will be your um, more tinted uh, raw materials that you find in makeup. Yeah, so it's possible that, you know, once the kind of material dries it's got this really nice sheen and after effect so Mm -hmm. might be great it's just like a good pamper me moment before a big night at home with covid (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) um as far as celebrity lines go, I know they're all selling kind of a, ooh, you can look like me if mm-hmm. like, you do this, which is eyebrow raising worthy. But for JLo, I will I will <laughs> lower that eyebrow and maybe I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right. Uh, yes. Yeah, there is a new app out. 
there's a lot of apps that came on the past decade.、Mm-hmm. I want to say、mm-hmm. all about analyzing ingredient lists, ones that can take a picture of the aisle、mm-hmm. and、uh, help you analyze it.、Mm-hmm. This new one is called Picky. And, and and picky. How is it different from the other ones going on? <laughs> <laughs> I think picky.、Uh, rather than just analyzing ingredient list, it's more、uh, recommendation based. Okay, okay. So you, I actually just downloaded it on my phone to see. Ah, and I believe you actually can fill out a questionnaire of sorts. Yeah, about your skin. So when you start. You said、uh, when you when you download the app, it starts with like a little questionnaire,、mm. and you、um, you f- answer fourteen questions like in photographs, your face ap-、uh, appears shiny,、uh, your face flushes easily,、mm. you know, so on and so forth, and they will build you a profile.、Mm-hmm. Now I don't know how good a fourteen question、uh, long questionnaire is in terms of really understanding someone's skin. But I think、um, it's kind of neat that they're combining this whole like identifying skin type,、um, linking into product recommendations. For sure.、Um, I I will say I like how we kind of did the spiel about chemists recommended, and then now we're introducing. There's an app. <laughs> we just were saying like sometimes with, you know.、Uh, Data science and forms and algorithms doesn't always come out right, and then we're like, "Chemist recommended." By、enough. the way, there's a picky app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I agree. The platform is actually really cool.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, it's designed really well.、Um, so, definitely kind of a good, I would say, support tool if you're looking for new product discovery.、Mm-hmm. Um, but just know that、uh, it's. It's still possible that you might find a product that doesn't work for you.、Um, the thing is with ingredients,、um, as much as they try to, you know, use statistics to show trends,、um, skincare is so personal that you can might find that there's actually an ingredient even within the oily skin category or the dry skin that. Doesn't work for you, and that's just that's reality. Yeah, and I will say something that. I definitely personally realized doing chemist confessions is that、um, just try to enjoy this process. It's supposed to be more of a marathon. Yeah. You're. I think a lot of people are chasing that holy grail, like a final destination type of thing. Right. But、um, skin will always change,、mm-hmm. so I think it's just a process of kind of understanding your skin quirks more and how it changes. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. And、uh, finally, there is a new launch. Yes,、yeah, so、uh, there's a brand called Nutri Nutrisentials.、Mm. It is all about adaptogens. It's they call it bioadaptive skincare. And how do you feel about adaptogens? Damn it! I was gonna throw that question <laughs> to you. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I got a point. Sneaky moment. So adaptogens um, is. Um, Adaptogens is a, a trend, <laughs> yeah, and that that's that's it. The end. It's、mm. a trendy word. There, um, it kind of stems from kind of healthy eating, um, diet trends. Um, in terms of topical adaptogens, a lot of the focus is on anti-inflammation、mm. and soothing properties,、mm. which there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good category.、Actually. It's a good category, but then adapt the word adaptogen doesn't really mean that much topically. It means nothing topically. <laughs> yeah,、um, I think originally started with mushrooms, shrooms,、right? and then <laughs> not、um, that type of shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it stemmed into plants that. Ultimately, they can survive and thrive in harsher climates, and the basically the metabolic process that goes into all of that. So Victoria and I get these brochures. That's about we we really like to make fun of the really absurd origin stories of raw materials, like.、Mm-hmm. These snow mushrooms come to maturation once a decade, and it's on this cliff that needs one Tibetan guy to hike the mountain and pick it by hand. I know it sounds really exaggerated, but it's kind of close to that. And you know, the idea is that if you use this molecule that you know the plants essentially use, they for them to thrive in harsh climates, that should be good for skin. 
yeah, there's actually no data that really correlates that to ha- to helping cell function, your skin cell function. So ultimately, yeah, just chalk it up to possibly being a soother. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess what, uh, in summary, is for products that claim adaptogens, mm. it might not hurt to try the product. Mm. But if you're trying to, again, actively correct some problems like age prevention, (laughs) wrinkles, Mm -hmm. pigmentations, Mm -hmm. those will not be your heavy lifting stuff. Mm -hmm. I think of them as a support kind of on a ritual category. Yeah, and I think um, looking at the brand, what they seem to do also is just be a little more pH conscious. Mm -hmm. Um, I think um, just within, there was like an L review done, she talks about how like it's possible she, you know, her skin's kind of sensitive and, you know, was using this routine and found good results. And, you know, ultimately, if you have a good moisturizer, you know, that covers your bases, um, keeps it hydrating, also, you know, may even help her with a lower pH, then great. You know, that's that's all possible reasons why she might be having good results outside of being an adaptogen moisturizer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so hopefully that provides some clarity on the trend. <laughs> Sorry for shitting on it. <laughs> yeah, so All right. anyways, who knows? Maybe there will be a clinical that will surprise us. Maybe. Yeah, so far there's none. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is there's no reason for that because people buy into the trend, so then there's like, I don't need to throw money into the research. I think this thing. is why I can at least be more positive about the yeah. CBD um, trend. It's yeah. because it's taking off, but it also comes with a lot of research and yeah. ongoing clinicals. So we're still waiting for the results, but we know it's being done. Yeah. Versus, like Victoria said, trends that people buy into regardless of uh, there's data or not so then a decade later we're still looking at the same set of non 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 data you know <laughs> actually a theory just popped into my head oh go on i believe that trends that stem from nutrition don't end up being studied as well as they should be actually that's a really good point right because yeah. like with cbd mm-hmm. like pharmaceuticals they're looking at that yes. right now so there is this like kind of like more science-based awareness i hate Mm. to say it versus like nutrition where a lot of it can come from diet fitness and whatnot and the science just isn't always there and like you know i just feel like actually that's why that's such a good point and i think like the path to making cbd more mainstream there's Mm. already so much work that went into it right and you're right there's like pharma applications so Mm -hmm. they have to look into more seriously and it was a regulated substance before and then you have nutraceuticals which is anything goes there's zero regulations whatsoever think about blueberries they were a trend in skincare for a little bit and (laughs) yeah and they thought it was an antioxidant but it's just that's not how that translates and Mm -hmm. you still need the right testing to know if those molecules work anyways like my tinfoil hat (laughs) my tinfoil hat formed and that's my crazy theory of the day (laughs) nothing wrong with enjoying it but just know that there probably won't be your skincare heavy lifters right exactly it's all about uh just you know managing your expectations right mm-hmm. yeah all right now we're ready for the meat now the meat yes the meat all right Have so the meat. Okay. <laughs> sorry rb again so sorry <laughs> all right uh so today's subject is about skin barrier hi victoria what is your skin barrier function? <laughs> yeah, so uh, honestly, it's just regular, healthy, mm-hmm. normal skin cells functioning with good cell turnover. Um, you have a healthy barrier that protects your insides from the outsides, you know, regularly hydrated. Those are all general, like, just general things you want to hit in healthy skin barrier function yeah and something to keep in mind Mm -hmm. is if you want to know the why behind a lot of skin barrier care you have Mm -hmm. to know the composition of your general skin barrier correct so the outermost layer of skin is incredibly fatty because the point is to repel water Mm -hmm. and keep the hydration in Mm -hmm. so um the outermost layer has three main lipids Mm -hmm. so you have your ceramides fatty acids and cholesterol yeah and i will say you know you think of the outer layer being your stratum corneum with all of your essentially dead 
skin cells. And these, the lipids, um, these are all kind of like the mortar in between the bricks. So your lipid, they call them the lipid matrix. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where you'll find uh, the ceramides, fatty acid, cholesterol. Yeah, so that's why you walk here. If you've ever Googled about that stuff, mm-hmm. if you've ever been on Reddit uh, skincare addiction, mm-hmm. this is where the great ratio debate comes from. Mm-hmm. The ratio of um, uh, ceramides, cholesterol, and fatty acids. Mm-hmm. Um, the I reason being... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the reason being, your ceramide level decreases yeah. as you age. Yeah. Now, ceramide isn't a single ingredient. It's a whole family of ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, so, long story short, you have the long ones that kind of are the anchor pieces in this lipid matrix. Mm-hmm. And you have the short ones that's, that's you know, they're short. So... <laughs> Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, um, good science explanation. <laughs> but regardless of their size, as you age, um, they kind of decrease in concentration. Oh, and no surprise there. Along with collagen, hyaluronic acid, all the good things, just all the good things yeah. that you mm-hmm. in your twenties enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why there's a theory out there of what ratio of cholesterol, uh, fatty acid, and cholesterol. Uh, ceramide fatty acid and cholesterol you need in your topical product to kind of replenish that loss yeah but 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 (laughs) at the end of the day you know there's okay the reality of science is that not everyone agrees yeah and so you if you go down that rabbit hole you'll find papers that talk about you know a specific ratio and then others that conflict that and that's just the reality of it and i guarantee you there's just not enough data to really substantiate one over the other right um there's the famed 311 mm-hmm. the one that we like to talk about sometimes is the skin cuticles triple lipid 242 mm-hmm. um because while it goes again uh the 311 is a more mainstream mm-hmm. theory right but um the 242 this particular formula has done a really pretty uh, a really good clinical testing mm-hmm. and has really good data so we always say good clinical kind of overrides a lot of these theories exactly yeah um really it, and, and it should make sense right ultimately if you can paint the realistic picture and you can test it that will ultimately trump like the science and honestly all of the academic research the behind the scenes research of that so yeah yeah, so um, if you want to try a product that has a blend of um, ceramide, cholesterol, and fatty acid, there's two ways to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you, uh, th- It can get a little pricey, but products mm-hmm. that have been through really good clinicals like the SkinCeuticals Triple Lipid True. or the Epions? Epions? Yeah, Epions. They have a, a cream that... Has that ratio of uh, the three one one? I believe. Mm-hmm. I've actually haven't tried that one. Is that about as nourishing, like texture feel as um, it, skin suitable? It's also a pretty thick cream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing is um, ceramides tend to be very waxy. Yes. Difficult very. ingredient to work with. Yes. So just expect that if you're trying to get that kind of. Uh, ratio. Yeah, so if you're uh, if you have oily skin and you're a little younger and you definitely want to avoid that heavier texture, these products are probably not your favorite texture. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then probably as you are trolling uh, Reddit skincare, you will also find SK Influx. Mm-hmm. Um, so SK Influx is actually a proprietary blend um, by a ingredient supplier called Evonik. Um, they've also done their research in, you know, this, the same ratio of ceramides, cholesterol, and fatty acids as well. Yes. Yes. And then, um, yeah, and we actually like this blend, uh, more because not only does it provide a nice well-rounded blend of these, you know, essential lipids, um, it incorporates 
better into a moisturizer and it allows us to have like an easier time with texture. Yeah, so it's still finicky. It is, it is. It <laughs> can destroy funny. your product. <laughs> um, the good thing about it is Evonik's focus is on the delivery system. Yeah. So as we just mentioned, um, it can be, ceramides can be very thick, mm. waxy, kind of gross. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even dissolve or melt very well when you're formulating. So, and it also hates being in a formula, so yes. eventually it'll want to just eject itself from the formula. Actually, that's literally what it does. <laughs> I have made many products violent. that have wax palettes at the bottom exactly. by day three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Ivonic package it in a way where it's already in a stable. They call it like that lamin- lamellar structure mm-hmm. where there's some organization to it already. Mm-hmm. And they have done a lot of testing on that blend itself. Yeah. So, I think... I mean, my opinion is that SK Influx is a great start, like an introduction to people who want to try um, skin lipid-focused products. Yeah. If you're a little uh, older, um, then maybe like the more expensive 242, like much higher concentrated products might be a better fit. That's a really good point. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that this is only one uh, one, I guess, category that's important to healthier healthy barrier function Mm -hmm. um ceramides is not all um although it is very helpful for like long-term healthy skin um which we'll cover in this you know in this next part i guess Yeah. yeah so we just spent 10 minutes telling you that skin is fatty but now we're here to tell you it also has water <laughs> just, just down below <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh your skin has this water gradient the deeper you go the more watery it is mm-hmm. by the top your skin is mostly dead and mostly fatty but it still needs a base level of water mm-hmm. to maintain its like turnover mm-hmm. general upkeep yep. so this is where your enemies come in enemies and what are enemies enemies are your natural moisturizing factors yeah these are molecules that just grab onto skin just like that Mm-hmm. Mine. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and um, they help maintain a base level of moisture in your otherwise fatty and water resistant skin. So, uh, there's a couple things that attribute to dry skin. Mm. One is a more perforated barrier. Um, it's usually what eczema, those with eczema, suffer with. Um, the allergens, they can actually make their way through the skin, causing irritation and that itchiness. That, and inflammation that ultimately leads to dry skin. So that that cascade. Mm-hmm. The other part is your loss of water. So that that's why this water component part is also an incredibly essential part to a good moisturizer. So the loss of water through skin barrier is called TUL, T-E-W-L, transepidermal water loss. It is incredibly boring because scientists aren't creative and fun with naming schemes no. <laughs> it's also for those who don't know what tool is you're like t-o-o-l like i don't that what is that yeah agreed it's table yeah <laughs> <laughs> table mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. <clears throat> where were we m n m s so yeah. your skin naturally have these molecules. They're your lactic acid, urea. sodium PCA, urea. They're, um, they already exist. And it shouldn't be, these ingredients shouldn't be that foreign to yeah. you because a lot of times their hydrating products actually replenish or add on to your NMFs. Yeah. So um, those will be your hydrating ingredients. Yeah. And to sum up, because your skin is fatty, but also need some water, that's why moisturizers have as a combination of both watery-based components and the fatty stuff. Yeah, and I just want to kind of emphasize that, you know, with NMF, NMF why they're <laughs> so um, important is that, you know, they really are necessary for, you know, just healthy cell function. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, if you think of healthy cell turnover, all these things do require, you know, the proper amount of NMFs in your skin. So that's why, you know, it's just important that, you know, these are replenished and yeah, why these should actually hold more weight in a moisturizer. I feel like these often get kind of forgotten, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, 
but is an essential component. Yes. So these are your skin compositions in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. So what affects skin barrier function? This is the depressing part of the talk. Everything. 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 (laughs) Being alive. (laughs) Aging. Yeah. um, Just sadly, father time. Yes, it does affect skin barrier. When you age, collagen decreases. (laughs) Ceramide decreases. This is supposed to be an uplifting, fun podcast. None of that. None of that. The sky looks a little grayer. (laughs) (laughs) Aging, um, you often hear mature skin becomes drier, and it's absolutely true. Photo aging, too. That's why, you know, why everyone talks about sunscreen being the ultimate serum. You know, it's yeah, it does contribute to that. Pollution is mm-hmm. another one. Uh, to be the meat in the coming episodes, but pollution <laughs> is a big factor on skin barrier function. Mm-hmm. Um, as Victor already mentioned, skin conditions that co- that compromises skin barrier function, like eczema, just pure inflammation. Yeah, and or if your skin is allergic, a lot of times if you have uh, contact dermatitis mm-hmm. or any other form of um, skin condition. It tends to compromise skin uh, skin barrier function, mm-hmm. and it goes into a vicious cycle of all uh, your skin barriers compromised. Therefore, you lose more water. Therefore, more allergens get in, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's actually. I mean, not to do a plug, but that's <laughs> why we actually make that such a big important concept in our moisturizers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so often forgotten, and. Mm-hmm. Um, People just don't realize that's kind of the other half of the battle in daily good and just good daily skin care is to make sure skin um, just stays soothed and happy. Um, but, you know, as we mentioned last week, it looks like inflammation is now going to be a big trend for mm-hmm. this year. Inflammaging. Yeah. So uh, let's see, you know. Um, but yeah. Yep, and this is a very not fun study that I found. It's not surprising, but stress can also compromise your skin barrier function. Not surprising. <laughs> I found this, a, a very small study. I think it's just n, it's just n equals thirty five, but it showed that sleep deprivation can actually compromise skin barrier function. And this is why we always tell people, (laughs) if you want good skin in the long run, don't do a startup. Yeah, for real. Uh, And don't drink too much. No, yeah. Dehydration. Mm -hmm. Not drinking enough water. I'm sure basically breathing contributes to dry skin and aging. Yes. Well, with that depressing note. (laughs) How do you find products that protect your skin barrier function? Yeah, so um, we talked about the two categories just now. So ceramide, you know, you can look for ingredients like ceramides, like actually the lipid ratio, ceramides, fatty acids, cholesterol. Um, You can look for NMFs as well. We also talk about, you know, the three kind of moisturizing ingredient categories. we these categories are really based on their function for skin so uh you might have heard of humectants these are your water-based molecules yep (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) that does include nmfs but we also um like to talk about things like glycerin and hyaluronic acid fun fact about glycerin i caught a fun fact about glycerin (laughs) you usually don't hear that because it's the Frank Red Hot, what do we call it? The Frank, the Frank Red, Red Hot. Red we hot. put that shit in everything. Yep. <laughs> the ingredient you find in every skincare product. Mm-hmm. Fun yeah. fact. Because it works. And there's mm-hmm. one study about it that goes kind of beyond just water grabbing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost a plasticizer mm-hmm. um, for skin. There was one study that shows that it kind of wedges itself in your lipid matrix and by wedging itself in there it kind of creates a supple field your uh supple fieldy skin and softness because your Mm. lipid matrix it doesn't kind of reduces that rigidity to it so that's why we love glycerin it works the downside to a lot of these um humectants is that it can get very sticky and gross fast Sticky fast. Really gross. (laughs) Um, So why can't I just have a moisturizer with only glycerin, Gloria? Um, So (laughs) this is... What a great question, Victoria. (laughs) And I will give you an answer. (laughs) Oh, we're so stupid. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
So you'll you'll notice that in your products, especially your hydrating serums, there is a crap ton of hydrating ingredients, mm -hmm. right? Like there's glycerin, there's urea, mm -hmm. hyaluronic acid, yada yada yada. And we sometimes get questions that's like, why can't brands just use one, like the best hydrator, the mm -hmm. best humectant in your product? Mm -hmm. uh, there's a few different angles to think about that. One is concentration. Every and any ingredient out there can be irritating. Mm -hmm. In fact, even the most vanilla ingredient, if you find the safety data sheet, it will say skin irritant because you just don't use it at 100% on skin. Yep. So um, by using a blend, you can kind of capture the best of different molecules without risking irritation. So if you have a total of 20% humectants, you're not using just one molecule so yeah, that's one factor. And the second factor... It also factor, probably isn't going to feel great. Let's be real. It gross. Yeah. <laughs> glycerin feels gross. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, just keep in mind, is why not just 100% glycerin? It's like, that's not... I, this goes into the other categories. It's just these water-based molecules alone isn't going to keep skin moisturized. Um, water-based molecules, it just they can also evaporate because they're yeah. water-based. So um, that's why we need these other categories, right? Oh, okay. oh my God. <laughs> we'll bring so, you in so in the channel. <laughs> and Molly and <laughs> uh, This bear drink is great. I know, doing me wonders. <laughs> so emollients mm -hmm. are your light oils. These mm -hmm. are the category that in some way you don't have to think that much about. Mm -hmm. So we sometimes when we give advice on our chemists recommended, we'll notice people's routines might be completely devoid of humectants mm -hmm. or completely devoid of occlusives, yeah. which are heavier ingredients that seal moisture in. Mm -hmm. But emollients are pretty much in all categories of products. It's very hard to miss emollients. Yep, agreed. And um, the other thing that, you know, emollients provide is they actually can smooth the surface of skin mm -hmm. and provide you that instant glow, especially for those who are dealing with kind of like that dry dullness that sometimes can have. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to So glowy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Okay, wrap this up. So last but not least, yes. occlusives. Yeah, so um, occlusives are more waxy, butters, um, things like petrolatum. Think of these ingredients that will do your barrier function for you when you know it don't want to be a barrier no more. Yeah, exactly. They also don't feel great by itself either, and they're usually like hard hearty substances um yeah, everyone knows what vaseline feels like mm -hmm. uh, a lot of butters and waxes when they're in their raw material form they're literally pellets mm -hmm. right so you don't want to rub pellets on your skin obviously but just but that just gives you an idea of how why a you don't want to use too much of it mm -hmm. and b why they're kind of hard for chemists to formulate because yep. you want you want that occlusive um benefit mm -hmm. without the, the feel yeah without it being an occlusive yes exactly <laughs> and that's why people like silicones yeah oh we're trying to open, open up that can of worms oh, oh we're gonna just ignore this for a little bit but yeah, so silicones was not inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> well one thing is just keep in mind is um the reason why you want occlusives is to really just prevent that water and your own skin's water from evaporating out. Mm -hmm. That's why like when you're skiing, when you're kind of in a pickle, let's say you're skiing or you're on a plane and you really don't have anything else, um, the only thing you should worry about in that point of time is just putting an occlusive on um, to really just stave off that, that dry patch that's about to pop up. So If you've ever seen a petite Asian woman on a plane with a very, very shiny face that looks Get like off the plane. She's <laughs> dumped her whole face in Vaseline. I think that's me. <laughs> you know what's funny is um, I one time when I was traveling with my mom, mm -hmm. I looked over and she had put Vaseline like all just around her eye area. Mm -hmm. And just like with the airplane light, you just see like a glistening panda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mom. It works though. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So yeah. So that should, you know, paint you a decent picture of what to look for and more of like a well-rounded moisturizer i think i'll be honest like um looking for a moisturizer with more occlusives is probably a little harder to find mm -hmm. um 
You're gonna have to look for something with probably a little more silicones, to be honest. Um, you might see um, beeswax, um, things like that. Um, I hate beeswax. Yeah, why? I just never felt good texture with beeswax moisturizers. Mm. Or it's not enough. Like so Is it like the drag or So the melting point of beeswax is really high, mm. right? So first of all they in a cream they wouldn't use that much of a percentage. Yeah. So to me, I have really dry skin, so mm. it's not quite moisturizing enough. Right. Um if it's at a higher percentage then it gets really gross. Mm. And also That's as true. a chemist, if you melt at ninety degrees, I don't wanna deal with you. <laughs> Yeah, and then when you cool it down, it does weird things. It crystallizes. Yeah, true. Yeah. We right. do like brands that, or not brands, but um, raw material suppliers that modify the beeswax. Mm-hmm. It's easier to work mm-hmm. with. But anyway, that's They're it. thinking for the chemist, not yes. the customer, the chemist. Not you for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. All right, cool. So you're looking for a well-rounded assortment of ingredients. Um, another ingredient we haven't really mentioned but is really great for skin barrier is actually niacinamide. That crap, that is awesome everything. I shouldn't say crap. It's a great ingredient. Yeah. Um, it's one of those interesting ingredients where you will see it. It's like a chameleon because mm-hmm. right? it does like everything. It's the jack of all trades of skin uh, skincare. You'll find it in brightening serums. Mm-hmm. You will see it alongside your retinol. Mm-hmm. You will see it in the ordinary. Mm-hmm. You will see it from two to like eighty-five <laughs> percent. <laughs> really thirty, but that feels like eighty-five. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one of the best things about niacinamide is, um, so other top ingredients like. Uh, your glycolic acids, your retinol, they can be a little irritating. And mm-hmm. you'll hear as I go on and on about how um, how to walk that tight, tight line between effective and irritation. Mm-hmm. Niacinamide actually increases and improves your barrier function over time. True. But <laughs> the reason why we were rolling our eyes and saying, and rolling our eyes at the 85% is that it's just so easy to work with that it's in everything now at absurd percentages. Yeah, and just for a healthy skin barrier, you actually need 2%. That's it. Yeah, niacinamide is effective from 2 to 5%. Yeah. And most serums are starting at 10%. I have another theory. Oh, okay, <laughs> go on. Alright, my, my next theory, this is about niacinamide. Yeah. Why there's an absurd amount of niacinamide is because mm-hmm. people are so used to AHAs, vitamin C, retinol, these things all like feeling something. Yeah. But the thing is, Niacinamide is working when skin doesn't seem to do anything. You are not supposed to shed on niacinamide. Yeah, and so um, I think that's why, you know, people are either expecting the same level of concentration as an AHA, or they think that, you know, it, you're supposed to feel something. Like, it's just, it, it's not actually how niacinamide is working. That's the beauty of that ingredient, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I think... Um, that's such a good point. Okay, niacinamide, especially niacinamide, should not hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very vanilla ingredient. That's um, actual comment we got. Yeah. So that's that's nah, that's how we know this industry has gone too far with the niacinamide drink. Yeah, so uh, we wrote a post a while ago about how uh, just give all your ingredient lists a read mm-hmm. and just be, be sure you're not doing something that's like, you might find 6% niacinamide in your sunscreen, 8% in your serum, mm-hmm. uh, 18% in your um, in your cream. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're layering way, 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 way too much. Yeah. There's such, a, there's just too much of a good thing. For sure. Just, just remember, it's effective at 2 to 5%. Yeah. All right. Anything else that needs to go, we need to think about in finding a good skin barrier helper moisturizer? I hate this topic. <laughs> But pH. Next. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason Fair why I enough. hate this topic is because um, I think people, especially in the skincare conscious community, mm. are kind of kind of go nuts with skin pH. They're very skin pH obsessed, and mm-hmm. I think it's good to be very mindful of it. But mm. it's not the end all be all. Mm. So um, to that end, uh, your skin is naturally at a lower pH between five and six. Fun fact, your dog has a higher pH than you. 
So don't put your face wash on your dog thinking that that's more gentle. <laughs> yeah, your dog don't like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, there's definitely science behind it, especially when you have um, certain skin conditions mm-hmm. like eczema, which is sometimes linked to a higher than usual skin pH. Yeah. Um, lower skin pH um, can help. Mm-hmm. So lower pH products uh, like a low pH skin cream or even a face wash yeah. can help. But if you have normal skin, skin pH does self-calibrate. So it's not the end-all be-all. It's just like a little piece of the puzzle. Right. Exactly. Um, and then I think the next topic for moisturizers is just microbiome. Um, another can of worms, but ultimately uh, it is a growing field. Um, we know that a healthy microbiome is linked to healthy skin and vice versa. So... Um, what does that mean for your skincare? You know, the funny thing is, if you cover the other like topics that we talked about and finding a good moisturizer, you're ultimately set up for success. Yes. Um, but you know, more data is going to come out to you know let us know if there's actual ingredients that do promote a healthy microbiome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so if you're ever wondering about your skin flora this is my personal opinion so Mm. don't come at me with a pitchfork but (laughs) i'm ready (laughs) microbiome greater 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 than adaptogens any day oh i'll take that yeah i will support so there there is science behind microbiome a lot yeah a lot um it's in terms of products though it's really difficult because everyone's microbiome is unique mm. so when when a process promote healthy microbiome what does that really mean that that's that part is a little bit more of a mystery mm-hmm. but like victoria said um yeah like maybe george clooney will like share his flora and then turn it into a <laughs> microbiome line that would be hilarious <laughs> Ew, I gifted, yes. I gifted the my flora. You know, to be so hot that you're like, swap me and then make millions. <laughs> it's genius. George Clooney calls. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's again that's explains why you know it's microbiome is really complicated and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so All right. it's, it's time. <gasps> is it time? It's time to break it up. It's time to break, break, break it up, break, break, break it up. Oh, it's animal quarantine. If you're wondering how this jingle came about, it's because uh, we were too poor to pay someone to do a jingle for this corner. <laughs> so uh, it ended up with a lot of me and Gloria just trying to sing in a very cringing way. So I apologize for that moment. And uh, and by the way, um, when we first started the podcast, it was incredibly awkward for us to talk into a microphone. And that's why we have a tradition of drinking while recording. And this jingle is definitely fueled by one too many trashy cocktails. <laughs> but trashy cocktails is basically whatever liquor we find with whatever leftover we found, which is usually Gatorade and or... Capri Sun was the best one. Oh, Capri Sun best was good. Capri Sun and bourbon... You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, So uh, if you're just joining us, Animal Corner is a selfish topic for us. Mm -hmm. It's just we like to show and tell different funny, weird animals that we find. Mm -hmm. Um, So last week it was about the puss caterpillar, which is a funny looking. It kind of looks like a nigiri. Just like fuzzy nigiri. Nigiri says Donald Trump hair. Yes. Donald Trump hair. (laughs) Look it up. It's poisonous. Don't go near it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's Gloria's turn to share. And I don't really know what this is about, actually. You know, guys, I promise you next week, actually, maybe next next week is Victoria's turn. So I can't <laughs> promise on her behalf. Mm. But I will say once my turn again, I will go back. I will go back to the cute and cuddly. But not <laughs> Ooh, this week. What, what, what is this week? This week, we're back to an insect. Oh. It's a lot less fun than... No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no, no. That, that that fly was wonderful. Oh yeah, I did a hang fly thing where the male have to give the female a big enough bug because if the female finishes eating before he's done reproducing, then she will eat him too. <laughs> better be a big enough burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Anyway, so today's bug is that I don't know why I always find the insect ones, but there are some real freaky shit that goes on in the insect world.、Uh. Today is a bug called the Isis Caleoprotus. I did not take Latin in high school, so I'm gonna call it the Isis bug. So it's already sounding bad. <laughs> <laughs> so this bug, it looks kind of like a leaf. Okay. It's a it's kind of cute little round bug. Okay.、Um, what's really cool about it is it's one of the only natural or like one of those weird cases in nature where it they have a little、um, gear that、mm-hmm. looks like a man-made gear. Okay. So the back of its legs actually lock together, kind of like、uh, spokes of wheel.、Aww. The reason being when insects jump,、um, they need the their legs to be completely in sync to be. To go straight,、mm. so otherwise sometimes it will just go off course just a little bit and、okay. it's a little unpredictable. Okay. So this insect actually have gear to lock into each other, so it jumps completely straight. Oh. And the reason why I chose this bug is I found out that it actually only the the little、um, gear only exists in its infant form. So after it matures, it eventually sheds the gear.、Oh. In my mind, I'm like, you、it's、know, like trike. It's like a tricycle. Yeah, exactly. It's like training wheels for the bug. But also, my fiance recently started taking glucosamine. <gasps> so in my mind, I'm like, oh no, he shed his like cartilage. <laughs> the training wheels off, and it's all pain now. <laughs> oh, that just got really depressing. And R.I.P. I'm sorry, Chris. I didn't know she was gonna talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking training wheels. She went. That's、there. really cute. I just realized, like, oh man, mid thirties, like, pangy pang is real. <laughs> also, I want to know what happens when they accidentally like lose a gear. So, so that's part of the theory is that <laughs> they do lose gear over time. So then you just only jump at a thirty degree <laughs> angle. <laughs> oh no. Okay, and do they jump to like avoid? Like predators.、Or? Yeah. So what's really funny when I was doing research is,、um, first of all, they jump really far because of it, but they don't fly.、Mm. So all they got is the jump.、Mm. But then two is for.、Um, I found this study where they were like playing around with the gear to see how it works. <gasps> so the、mm. scientists actually found a dead Isis, and they they like. Maneuver the gear, lock it together, and then like、oh. shock the dead bug to see how the gear affects the jump trajectory and stuff. So,、uh, Peta, if bugs are on your thing, don't listen. To sorry. This, okay, so then what happened? So with the gear going different. Yeah, yeah, they. Wow. <laughs> yeah,、crazy. I feel bad for laughing, but <laughs> I do feel bad for the undergrad that has to catch these bugs and wait for it to die, and then manually put the gears together <laughs> to jump. You know, I gotta be honest. As we get older. I feel like I've become more clumsy.、Mm. Probably need a gear or two. <laughs> oh my god! Fall down the stairs at some point. Shoe idea. <laughs> Shoes with gear. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. So the Isis doesn't have any weird mating、bug. mating rituals. So sorry, fam. That's okay. Yeah, but I will、Every、go back. Every once in a while, it's nice to not talk about the mating ritual. Yeah, they get really weird, especially in the insect world. Look up banana slug. Banana slugs are freaky, man. It's like, it's beyond R rated. Yeah, it's not right. We we thought about talking about it on this podcast, and we were like, oh, a little a too graphic. Too <laughs> Even for us, it was too graphic. All right. Anyway, that's it. I'm going. Isis bug and it's here. It's I S S U S. Oh, good, good. <laughs> not not the I S I S kind. Yeah. All right, and last but not least,、uh, Q and A corner. Yep. So、um, we get lots of great questions from you、mm-hmm. guys. So if you guys are ever you want your questions to be featured on the podcast, let us know and.、Um, Write to us or DM us. We'll try to get to it. So we really do get to it. Yeah, we do eventually. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so first question today. Thanks for the great content. That's、You're、the、welcome. only reason why I feature you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It does feel nice. <laughs> Is it safe to use niacinamide and then retinol、mm-hmm. and then hyaluronic acid?、Mm-hmm. Mm. That's it. That's it.、You're、so, good to go. actually, fun fact: speaking of niacinamide, there are actually studies that show retinol by itself is more irritating than a retinol plus niacinamide combination.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is a great combination. 
Hyaluronic acid is incredibly vanilla. It will go with pretty much everything anything can think of. So yeah, that combo totally goes. I think the only thing that you might, um, like one minor caveat is the low molecular weight hyaluronic acid. Uh, yes. Um, if you're paying for specifically like low molecular weight uh, HA serums, uh, just do a spot treat, honestly. Um, you, you never know and um, the data isn't, uh, there's no consensus on it, but there is an idea that, you know, it truly does penetrate and can cause some irritation yes. depending on the blend. Oh, and I want to add that I'm someone who's not very retinol tolerant. Mm. So, uh, I always say that if you are serious about doing a retinol centric routine, make sure that retinol is the focus of your routine. Mm. What I mean by that is I'm very, I'm usually very acid tolerant, yeah. but I find that when I'm on retinol, glycolic acid is a little too much for me. Yeah. So um, if I'm on retinol, then I center my routine and I choose active so that it doesn't irritate my retinol. That's a, skin. that's yeah. a great point. I think saves a lot of people from some troubleshooting. Yeah. All right. Next. Question two. What if vitamin C serums irritate your skin? cause reactions when used what are some good alternative antioxidants yeah we actually get this question a, a lot, lot. Mm -hmm. um so first things first is if you can try to dial down um nowadays mm -hmm. you get anything 20, between 25 15 to 25 you really don't need 25 no. I, I mean 15 20 is fine um but can cause you can even cause breakouts mm -hmm. so um, try looking for a 5 to 10% vitamin mm -hmm. C. We actually just did a post on a this versus that of a 10%, 10%. to kind of help you decide. And if that doesn't work, um, antioxidant-wise, you've got a few, though know that the data doesn't really hold up in comparison to vitamin C. I shouldn't say hold up. I should say it just hasn't Not been... as good. Yeah, done as much uh, studies on it, but... Um, things like uh, lipoic acid. Um, what else we got? Even you know, green tea has a mm. shot. Uh, I was shocked because I kind of I always had this impression of it as a kind of a foo foo trendy ingredient, but it has decent data for oily skin. So mm. on top of being an antioxidant, I think also the tough thing is like it's really hard to know what's the good green tea yeah, extract and not yeah. just like such a good brewed point. from my tea bag. Ooh kind of thing yeah <laughs> you don't have to put tea back on your eye yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, I agree that's a good one um what else With spiritual yes um but i i do recommend going for ones like skin suitables that mm -hmm. have spiritual concentration because that's one that so that's the antioxidant from grape skin and whatnot drink wine drink Sorry. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Never mind. Drink one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Resveratrol is actually, yeah, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think other than that, um, if you're looking more on the pigmentation side, there's other vitamin C derivatives. As well. Yeah, so um, in terms of vitamin C derivatives, we always recommend point people to MAP, SAP. Those are magnesium mm -hmm. and sodium ascorbyl phosphates mm -hmm. and also ascorbyl glucoside. Mm -hmm. The glucoside form is actually considered a quasi-drug in Japan mm -hmm. for its really awesome data on skin brightening. So while they're not as proven in terms of like age prevention, antioxidant benefits, those derivatives are really great depending on your skin type. True. All right, last but not least, um, adapalene and azelaic acid, substitute or combine? Does your skin get used to actives or routines, uh, making them less effective over time? That was totally two questions that I accidentally put on the same line. Yeah. But go first. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, it works. So uh, first things first, adapalene, azelaic, uh, actually a great combo. Um, azelaic is relatively vanilla on the irritation aspect um but just remember that you never want to use two products together at the same time like start on two products just introduce them one at a time in the routine so you can keep track of how skin's reacting to them treat your introduce your actives like how you will introduce two cats <laughs> have them sniff each other out first <laughs> Take some time. <laughs> yes, that's a great, great analogy. And we'll then see that in post. When the hiss, when the hissing stops, is when it's okay. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, um, other than that, um, 
Oh. Your, uh-huh. oh, sorry. On the azelaic acid, yeah. I want to add one more note. From a chemist angle, azelaic uh-huh. acid is really annoying to work with. Mm-hmm. It's not very soluble. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a lot of azelaic formulas you'll see are a little thicker, creamier. Um, some can get even a little gritty. bit gritty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just note that when you're laying azelaic acid, if you're trying to combine them in the same routine, and you're starting to notice pilling, that means it's not necessarily azelaic acid isn't compatible with adapalene. It might be the formulas themselves don't play very well together. And actually, pilling isn't a good sign. So do yeah. try to keep these, just separate out um, to a day and night um, routine. All right, cool. And the other part of the question, mm. uh, does your skin get used to actives or routines making them less effective over time? Um, Yes, your skin does get used to actives, but not in a bad way. It's yeah. more like adjusting um, in terms of managing irritation. That's why people build up their retinal routines to um, increase the percentages. But um, yeah, don't think of that as, oh, your actives aren't working anymore. Think of that as your skin is starting to adjust and manage those actives better. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the reality is you're not... Let's say you're using vitamin C, mm. it's giving you great brightening properties. Your skin is never gonna be snowy white, right? Mm. There is a, a, a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, your skin in that sense, your skin absolutely does get used to them, but it will keep working, especially for the preventative type mm-hmm. of ingredients. Um, I will say. Hydroquinone is a big exception. That is not something you should use very, very long term in your skin yeah, routine. True. Actually, I would feel more comfortable using hydroquinone uh, with a good derm. Yes. Just because they can help kind of monitor your prog- progress using the product. So, yeah. All right. So, that's the end. Um, what's next, Gloria? <laughs> I don't know. What's next, Victoria? <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, if you have any questions per usual, you can email us, uh, DM us. uh, But, yeah, hope this was helpful. um, And let us know how your hunt is going for that skin barrier uh, moisturizer. Yeah, and uh, this podcast is going to be so so consistent now (laughs) so if you have a topic in mind also message us and let us know i feel like you're purposely trying to jinx this just am i i'm trying to talk myself like yeah man podcast every week every other week this is good this is good so yeah hope you enjoyed it uh thanks for listening and we'll see you guys soon